Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. First off, welcome back to Mr. Eddie. He's been gone for two weeks. Uh, we really enjoyed having Clayton sit in for him, but uh, we have more surprises job. in this episode, as I'm sure you're able to see by now. Uh, you have myself, Randy, you have Zach, you have Eddie, but also my good buddy, Joey Galizia, is what? joining us here today. Yay. Hey, boys, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in, man. We really appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk to us about some good old wrestling. Please, it is a pleasure to join the, the Two Heavy Podcast. It is my pleasure. All right. So as we go through this, kind of like I have everyone introduce themselves, Joey, uh, I want you to tell us just about your earliest wrestling memories. Like, talk, uh, talk to us about what got you into pro wrestling in the first place. The very first wrestling I saw was actually a Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair match in WCW. Um, having had no idea who these two uh, uh, very non-famous wrestlers were. Um, yeah, and this Hulk was... Uh, yeah, Hulk, exactly. And Rick, Rick something. Uh, th- yeah, this was... Um, Hogan's already in a NWO at this point. I'm probably like... I don't know. It's 1996, so I'm probably seven years old. Yeah. Um, and just saw this thing, and it, it, and you know, I don't even know if it was just because it's the two of them, but I saw these guys fighting, and it was huge, and it was theatrical, and uh, there was a thousand people watching these two guys fight, and I said, "Wow, I don't know what this is, but I'd like to watch more of it." And that sort of was the first memory that then kickstarted a lifetime of fandom. Wow. So, so is it safe to say that you were more of a WCW kid during that time, or did you quickly discover WWE after that? Uh, you know what? I knew about WWE. Uh, I was, um, I watched both, you know, Monday night wars. I was flipping on Ron. I was flipping on nitro, but I was a WCW boy. I loved sting. I loved Goldberg. Um, I love the NWO. Uh, I loved it all. I love DDP. Like those, those are my boys. And I love the luchadors. Uh, Flight of the Cruiserweights was some of my favorite, favorite matchups to watch. Your Dean Malenko's, your Ultimo Dragons. And then, of yeah. course, Rey Mysterio Jr., who, you know, I guess did some things else in his yeah, career. He's all right. I, I hear he's doing something somewhere. So That kid's got a great future, you know. He's either, <laughs> he's either 18 yeah. or 70. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't think he does either at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, here, kind of going into that a little bit. Uh, what was your first earliest pay-per-view that you could remember? Was it WCW or was it WWE? Like, what was that first pay-per-view? Are we talking about pay-per-view that I watched or pay-per-view that I attended? Ooh, let's do watched first. Okay. The first pay-per-view, honestly, and this is uh, not a troll answer. The first pay-per-view that I remember watching was... Uh, over the edge 1999 even though i was already a fan at this point and it's because of what happened i was watching that show live and thought oh very very strange that we never got this blue blazer match oh here's here's a shot of all the fans uh cheering this guy that we didn't see any of this happen uh and then of course jim ross giving the call and i you know at that age yeah at that age i think i i was nine turning 10 and i think that was like one of my first real lessons about um life and death wow. uh totally. right and that's like and i probably watched shows prior to that but i mean that's the first one that comes to my mind that's great that's a yeah. crazy first pay-per-view what do you guys think oh my gosh i i wasn't even like alive yet so having to experience Lord, that dude stop. <laughs> just stop. but remind i do kind of want to branch into that uh other question yeah. for first pay-per-view you attended i feel like that's pretty interesting too uh, you know what? The first pay-per-view, first pay-per-view I attended wasn't until I was much later in my 20s, but the first live event I went to was a WWE SmackDown in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center. And this might as well have been a pay-per-view because Vince just came back and wins yeah. the title at the end of the night thanks to a, an assist from oh, his good buddy no. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh <laughs> It was uh, a tremendous show. I mean, this is now 1999. This is, you know, WWE. This is what I'm watching. Excuse me, WWF at the time. Now, at this point, WCW is like not only losing in the ratings, but is like a... It's in a decline. It's in a decline. It's half of the product that it was at this point. Yeah. Um, You know, what we got, you know, and then obviously this is the high rise of WWE's Attitude Era. Like, the, The Rock was still coming out to... Uh, do you smell what the rock is cooking as, fe- yeah. as opposed to if you smell, um, mm. but man, which is you, a very yeah. clear line in his timeline. Yes. Like, like it's kind of like Metallica's black album. There's, there's the, do you and the, if you like, mm-hmm. that's, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's where true. that split is for the rock's career. It's yep. do you, uh, if you, and then when he got COVID Kenya, <laughs> <laughs> can you mm-hmm. perfect. All right. All right. So, well, 
Uh, do you guys have any other questions for Joey before we get started? We got a lot to talk about. You have one? No. Or, I'm good. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask too. Uh, is there who is your favorite wrestler to hate and like kind of to give some context like to that? Favorite heel, kind of favorite heel, but like someone you could not like, like you just hated them so much, but you couldn't stop watching their matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember specifically where you know it was kevin nash kevin, kevin nash, nash ended goldberg's streak in the dumbest way this is the this was my first memory of when yeah. i thought wow wrestling is uh part of my language very fucking dumb where <laughs> uh, i was like wow dude this guy hasn't lost he's unbeatable you know uh th- this is my dude oh i'm gonna shoot this man in the chest with a stun gun yep uh, and like after that happened like i w- not only was i pissed that it happened but i was pissed that it was nash that did it yeah you know and to this day he could sit on his high horse and be like oh i'm the guy that ended this streak but you yeah. know just thinking about it makes me want to pull my quad out. Like he probably did. <laughs> I was, I was going to say also to this day, if you listen closely in the wind, you can hear a little pop and yeah. that's Kevin Nash's quads giving in once again, because he decided <laughs> to get out of bed. It sucks. Cause I love Nash. Like I love it. I love him now. He's like this cool old, like stoner dude that like, you know, loves, uh, loves the boys and took care of him. And like, you know, obviously did a lot to the business, but yeah, at that time I hated yeah. him. Well, well, that's, I mean, I think a lot of us hated Kevin Nash for stuff like that in particular, just the very, I don't want to say selfish, but he just wouldn't put people over him and Hogan at that time, just could not, unless it was for each other, finger mm. poke of doom and all that just would not put anyone over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. the, uh, again, this is, uh, when that moment happened, you could really tell the yeah. lifeblood of WCW was going down. It's real sad. Cause man, I love going back and watching that peak era of wcw 96 98 is some of the best wrestling you'll ever see yeah and i mean you could always go back and check it out at this point but if we're gonna talk about people that aren't putting anyone over we can go ahead and start talking about roman reigns at this point right Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we're so i i actually got a very specific text from my buddy joey here after wrestlemania and it was very specifically in all caps put me on your podcast i have something to say (laughs) that was he texted me that that night Mm -hmm. and so uh we're so on this episode we're going to be talking about cody Rhodes' current booking we're going to be talking about roman reigns and we're going to talk about the draft a little bit just because that seems to be everything that's going on right now um but we can start with roman reigns because at this point i think what everyone wants to know i want to gather i want to get your guys's thoughts first not to not to bring back Bill Goldberg into this, but who's next at this point for Roman Reigns? Who can be next after that? Like, if we're going to be honest, like it's a, it's a short list at this point. It's a very short list, and the people who could beat them aren't getting pushed, in my yeah. opinion, at least. So that's kind of yeah. what I have. It like the biggest thing that I got from everything, or at least this next string of road that we're going to be going down, is that it's going to lead to a string of bloodline matches and eventually back to Cody because I mean, the draft can do a lot of things to give Roman another set of opponents, but he literally had both. He has both rosters right now. So it's not like the draft really could do much. Mm-hmm. It's very no, true. That's a good point. Joey, what about you? Who do you think's next for Roman Reigns? You know, I don't care. Uh, wow, that's a good. And I, I don't care in a way because he he has been doing good enough work where whoever it's going to be, I will believe that um th- they could make a good story out of it. Who it should be, Seth. Who I really yeah. want it to be, Gunther. But does it matter because it seems like they're just the the plate is set for Cody to come back with this story that they're telling. Um, yeah. So those are you know if, if there's one that really has a legitimate argument to be made seth did not lose at royal rumble 2022 i don't know why this is never brought up i don't know why he doesn't go out every week and say hey i beat your champ and he doesn't want to fight me again you know it's uh it's pretty easy so i hate to interrupt you but he's got a match with almost he's got to worry about oh that's true that's true i forgot about that Listen, Roman Reigns could take a backseat to the wrestling god Omos. Okay, that's my main event right there. Okay, wrestling god Omos. Okay, you I, can have your you can have your bloodline versus Dane and KO. You could have your Roman versus your American Nightmare. 
Okay, almost, they're almost set. They, they don't need. Mm. They don't. They don't need to put another match on the card. They, let, let them go three hours. They Are can we gonna <laughs> Seth, Seth Rollins versus Omos for three hours? Are we gonna have okay. another just a banner of a match by Omos and he doesn't win? Are we still gonna keep pushing him just for him to lose? It depends on who's at the booking table right now because we yeah. don't I haven't even said why this match is happening. It's happening because they shut up. That's interacted why on TV. Because Never. big guy, big guy draw money. Look how big good guy, that dude is. Big guy versus little guy draw money. Big, big guy versus little like guy. Yeah, David versus Goliath. And they're this like, okay, we're gonna tell us all this time. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I mean, we we get a. I, I look, the next person for Roman Reigns. Ah, uh, they at, at this oh, point. Stop. Do you know what happens next, Joey? To, it has to be Nia Jax. The bloodline story is there. He's in the family. He's already beaten Jimmy and Jay. It's either Solo or Nia, and I think Solo's busy right now. Nia Jax versus Roman Reigns. Book it. Here's the tr- here's the problem with that. Roman don't want the smoke. Okay, he, he knows Nia's gonna come in. She's gonna throw that haymaker. She's gonna bust up that pretty face. Shoot. She, yeah, she's gonna break shoot the bricks right off. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just a quick break. Oh, I'm not, She's going to punch him so know. hard that his hair will be dry when the match starts. Oh, my God. Just punch all the water all of it. Yeah. Touch it in a water bottle. Drink it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It'll be like the special <laughs> stuff in Space Jam. Like, she'll punch him so hard that <laughs> that an animated movie will be made from, ni- from the 90s. Just an animated Nia Jackson Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay, well. I think I think actually the next step for Roman Reigns, if he can get back from injury, is probably I could be wrong, but I think if you look at the current title reign of Roman Reigns, has he actually beaten Randy Orton? Uh, I don't think that match has happened yet. And if Randy no. Orton can get healthy enough, I mean he's certainly if we're gonna if we're gonna look at this long list of Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers that this title run has beaten i think randy orton if he can get healthy is one of the biggest names missing from this list 100 100 yeah i think i think that would be a pretty interesting match especially because the story is there right like uh the bloodline took the raw titles off of riddle and orton so it's not Mm -hmm. like it's completely out of left field to do that that's what i was going to say is that they're tying riddle back into the bloodline without even real i mean like it was why riddle was gone basically but they didn't really you know, finish anything out of that. So that's a perfect slot for Randy to just slide back in and be like, hey, I'm with Riddle, but I'm going after you, Roman. I will also say the Riddle-Solo little rivalry that's going on, I kind of do enjoy. I think it's something good for Solo to kind of get his first feud in. Like, Mm -hmm. I think those are awesome matches to have, but I think including Randy into the mix, I, I don't know what could go from that. Besides, like, hey, maybe Randy loses and then you get a Randy Riddle feud because I think that's kind of what it'd turn into. Well, that I think that was the original intent. There was, right. always, I think, there was always eventually supposed to be an Orton Riddle feud story that we would get. Um, that obviously we weren't able to see play out, but at this point, it becomes less about does it make sense for Randy Orton's character story to go for the title as much as does it make sense for Roman to add another name to the list? Mm, You know what I mean? mm, Because the cool part about Randy Orton is that he's at a point in his career where he can just go to the main event whenever he feels like it. And no one would question it for a second. Mm -hmm. If Randy Orton came on the show and was like, I want a title shot. Everyone would be like, okay. Yeah. That's all all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've you've beaten everybody. You've beaten Cena. You've beaten Brock. You haven't beaten me. I mean, that's exactly that's all that's all Mm -hmm. that all it has to take. The thing with Roman now is we uh, we knew after Mania he was meant to take a hiatus. And but we also thought he was losing the belts to then take the hiatus. But that didn't happen. So the thing is, does Roman only come back for the big four as of right now? So like, is his next big thing going to be SummerSlam? Then maybe Survivor Series, then maybe Rumble. Or. Because, like, at that point, with the same conversation of who's next on the list, does he have a next on the list until it's time for him to lose it? It's a good question. I couldn't I couldn't give you an answer because I thought that the title reign was ending at Clash of Castle last year. I thought it was ending at Mania. Yeah. I, uh, 
so I will say that I have been pleasantly surprised at the um, at the moxie to keep people guessing because now it yeah. really isn't when is this guy going to drop the title? It's like, Jesus, when is this guy going to drop yeah. the title? Um, you know, I will credit, I will credit them with that. I do think if you're going to, I do think you got to get Randy on there. I do think mm -hmm. you have to have another feud for him besides going right back to Cody. Even if people know that it's a holdover, like, you know, you got to sell tickets. Like, let's see, that's your for boy. Sure. That's your champ. Like go put your champ on a show. Um, if it's him and Randy on a random SmackDown for a big TV rating, do that. Like, that's fine also. I was kind of going back in history and, like, trying to figure out who could have beat him to. Like, and I know we've talked about this, but Keith Lee was basically in that position to beat him when he was a part of the active roster. Of course, uh -huh. he got released. Yeah. Plans changed. So I'm kind of trying to look into the future, like, who outside could beat him? If Yeah. I mean, Kenny, if somehow, some way that does get pulled off, Kenny Omega, in my opinion, is the only person who could beat him in, like, Vince and Triple H's shoes. But Cody, obviously, I mean, the reactions that we had should have yeah. won. Do we pull AJ Styles into this at all when he gets healthy? I was thinking about AJ, too. He's the other person that's in a similar Randy Orton area where if he decides he wants to be in the main event, he'll be there. Like, he, he kind of gets to decide... He's like, I want that, a title match, and it just makes sense. He's on that they have great chemistry. Graphic. They have great no. chemistry together. Uh, right. Payback 2016 was a show I went to. They had a great match there. They had a great yeah. match then at Extreme Rules 2016. Um, yeah. yeah, like that, though, that would be a beautiful feud to hold this over. A great callback to when AJ came into the WWE. That yeah. was the first person that went face-to-face -face with him. Well, and so at this point, it really begs the question. So there's the one question of who's next for Roman. But there's also the question of who's last for Roman during this. And I think a lot of people are, I'm in the camp of Cody. I think Cody Rhodes will be the ultimate like end of this road. Even if it wasn't at this year's WrestleMania, I think Cody is the guy who's going to take the belts off of Roman. And I think, I mean, I've said it before. I don't see Roman losing those belts at not WrestleMania. I think it would be a right. huge waste of a WrestleMania moment for whomever gets to do it. Uh -huh. To not have him lose the titles of Mania. The only uh -huh. rebuttal I have to that is getting another heist of the century. Which I don't want to take that away from Seth. Yeah. But say someone like LA Knight or someone gets it like that, I don't think it'll be someone taking it off Roman directly. But yeah. it could be Cody's about to have his moment and he gets it stolen again. But is that at WrestleMania or is that before WrestleMania? I can see it as early as SummerSlam, but I don't know. What if it's theory? What if it's theory or something like that? Just somehow. No, they're not going to have theory win back to back money in the banks. He's he is finally doing well enough in the mid card that he doesn't need that shock value. Right. So, I mean, Joe, first off, Joey, do you think Cody Rhodes is the one who takes it off of Roman? Yes, but they just should have done it is the uh, they should have ripped that bandaid. They should just rip the bandaid. I, you know. This is going to be my short answer because this is what are the reason I texted you that night. Here, yeah. I under I understand the history of the Rhodes family. I understand Dusty never won the big one and kept constantly getting screwed over. I get that. People keep talking Cody, 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 Cody. It's not Cody that I'm irritated by with this result. It's Roman. It's the story of the bloodline. It was at a very clear divide at a point that we could take into very interesting directions, I thought. I yeah. thought it was very interesting for Roman to lose, the Usos to lose. What happens to the bloodline then? The yeah. Usos lose. They remain loyal. Roman wins. We're right back at square one. And honestly, it looks like the Usos are getting those tag title back again anyway. Um, eventually. Eventually. Because, you know, unless, unless Sammy suddenly wants to start going Friday. to Saudi Arabia, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Um, yeah, that was my and so that's the part that irritates me. It's not that Cody lost. In fact, I thought Cody losing was a real, wow, what a heartbreaker of a moment. Like, and it does kind of make me root for the story a little bit. Uh, will the moment get bigger than that? I don't think so. I don't think the guy can get more popular than he already is. And how great would it have been if his first title feud was this feud he has with Brock right now? That's yeah. like the, that's like the, the main quick issue that I have is that the bloodline storyline has now, in my opinion, stalled. We're probably still going to get there, but it doesn't, it didn't need to get dragged out this long. Like yeah. it feels, I found myself not wanting to watch 
more mm-hmm. um, because of that. And, be, and because I thought, again, much more interesting for Roman, what does he do then? Now, how do his, what is his relationship with the wise man? Now, what's his relationship like with Jay and Jimmy yeah. um, or Solo or any of these guys? Like the, the, to me, the storyteller in me says that this is where they were leading it. So then when it didn't happen, okay, that's fine. But I don't really like this Triple H answer where he's like, oh, just let the story play out. We do let you let the story play out, man. Yeah. And do you get us there? Yeah. But how many times has that been by accident or by happenstance? Okay. Yeah. Real, real, real quick, Rhea Ripley was not originally supposed to, was not originally scheduled to face Charlotte. That just happened to be a fun little bow. And they could be like, oh, look, remember the story of her losing years ago? Because that's yeah. not what they really wanted to do. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. Same thing with with Kofi, all of these things accidentally fell into their laps. So that's why it was more frustrating because I was like, wow, look how perfectly constructed this bloodline storyline has been. That's Uh, what I was thinking. You know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. And it's, 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 it's the sad answer is because I love this thing very, very much. You know, I, I, I work and cover it every single day. Aside from my acting duties, I do love the wrestling business, but the wrestling business always carnies out at the worst point. Yeah. Well, that was my thought. It was, like you brought up a good point that the Cody story right now with Brock feels like it should be for the title, but it's, it makes you wonder if that's what it should be. Like if, if, if he would have won on WrestleMania and then Brock coming out and going after him first, because it's not against Roman because yeah. he can't verse Roman for the title anymore. It makes perfect sense, but makes no, perfect it's because, sense. Thank you. It's because Brock, had the top match on the card and that's the only reason they could give Brock a reason for to go after Cody for that which is such a Vince reason there's also like, there's kind of another tidbit that I think a lot of people forget too like with Solo interfering in the match if you wanted to do anything why didn't you make it Solo and Cody like I get it if Cody has the title totally Brock absolutely that'd be perfect for him especially in yeah. his first feud but have solo run in it's like cody going against brock right now after this happened seriously mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's kind of how i thought about it no i agree eddie i mean that's the thing it's like are they gonna get us there eventually yes but they have I, to i don't i don't think i don't think the iron was gonna be any hotter um you know my main con- my other main concern when looking at it was okay i understand you're telling a story but here's the thing wrestling is very very hard to predict long term like this right you had your moment to crown cody and you didn't take it okay what happens if he gets hurt again you know what happens if this story gets derailed again then do you push it to someone else i mean that's the thing it's not he's not like a young buck anymore you know what i mean or a literal you know not the young bucks but like a literal young buck he is aged is the point i'm trying to make definitely when you look at Roman Reigns right now, just in general, if you actually... So I was doing this a couple of weeks ago with, with Clayton, ironically enough. If you actually look at the title history of Roman Reigns, it's actually insane. Do you know... So Roman Reigns currently, including his current title runs, four-time WWE champion, two-time Universal champion. I have the text here that I sent to Clayton after I did the research. Um, No one has beaten Roman Reigns for a world title since June 2016. Uh That is the last time Roman Reigns lost a world title in a match. So when you... Who beat him, Randy? Who beat him? Uh, Oh, that was Seth Rollins. So the thing is, so when you look at four... So if you look at his four WWE title reigns, I think I have it in here too. Um, he also, lost his first WWE title to a cash in. He lost his second one in the Rumble, the one that Triple H won, and then the third one was Rollins winning, and his first fourth one is now. So if you look at his four WWE title runs, only one of them was lost cleanly in a pin to to Seth Rollins. The mm-hmm. other one was a cash in. The other one was the Rumble right? That he almost still won. Uh When you look at his two universal title runs, the first one and now Mm -hmm. who beat Roman Reigns for his first universal title run? No one. Uh, He had to relinquish. No one. one. Roman Reigns has never actually lost the universal championship. Uh 
Okay. Roman Reigns, I think I summarized it here. Uh yeah, he hasn't lost it since 2016. And if you look at the if you look at the universal title, he hasn't lost it in like four years. Because if you look at when he won it at August, like I think it was August 2018 or something like that, and then he had to relinquish it a couple months later, and then he rewon it this time and has had it for almost three years. No one's actually ever beaten Roman Reigns for the Universal title. So now pops the question at Royal Rumble 2022, why was that it for Rollins in that case? Well, I know kind of the buildup with Cody kind of makes yeah, sense yeah. like for that, but like it, it just makes a lot more sense now spitting the facts out like Rollins should yeah. be the could be the guy. It, well, and it, it makes sense if if WWE, WWE and they've never, never been this smart. WWE has never been smart enough to look into its own history books to create a bigger story. But if you look at his six total title reigns, two of them that are consecutive right now, only one person has ever actually beaten him cleanly or in a normal circumstance. And that's Seth Rollins out right. of six world title runs. Yeah, it's incredible. So it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rome, so when people when people want to argue about like Roman Reigns goaded status when it comes to being a world champion, it's almost inarguable. No, it right? isn't arguable. I mean, the guy is poss- potentially the greatest world champion the company has ever had. I think you could ha- happily make that argument. Yeah. I'm sick of hearing Michael Cole list off Pedro per- Morales and yeah, Hulk Hogan and Bob and Bruno. Like, I we get yeah. it. I get it, Michael. Um, he's closing on that title reign. Very good. He's going to uh, knock Nash out of the top five. Well, I mean, and that's the long that's the long game of me finally getting revenge on that bastard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you know, like listen, that that is all legitimate. I have no problem where you know with the Roman Reigns project and the Roman Reigns project paying off big time for them. Yeah. It's amazing. But I do. I, I'm hoping. I am praying that there is some kind of plan or idea post. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. not just dropping the title and then he's done unless he's done. Cause if he's not done, you got to figure out what to do with this guy. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's one thing that is usually uh, not my favorite WWE ism, which is a post world title run for a guy because sometimes they don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw it a lot with Cena whenever he would drop a belt, whenever Cena would drop a belt, he would try to get a rematch. And it was only like, if you, if you look at like the hot potato era of like Cena, Orton and Batista, an edge a little bit like that time of those four kind of tossing the belt around with random people sprinkled mm. between the, it was good for that era because you had, you mainly had four, the guys at the same time where if Cena lost his world title to edge, he could go over here to Batista or go over here to Orton and reignite that feud. And they kind of just went around for that set of years from like, I don't know, 2009 to 2012 or 2008, even to 2012. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at that time, but that's because they were all relatively equal. Like yeah. They were all relatively equal in that status that it would just, all right, if I'm done with you, I can go over here for a while. We can reignite, move on. Is there anyone on the roster currently at that same level with Roman that it would make sense for him to do that with? I would say, yes, I'd say it's Cody. And if, uh, you know, if, if, if the showmanship or the presentation of Cody doesn't prove it to you, then the numbers do How show yeah. attendance with Cody on it and Roman not on it is up year round in yeah. every single market going from the Midwest to the West coast, to the East coast, to those, to those small little country towns, attendance is up with Cody Rhodes as the headliner on all of these house shows, not Roman is there too, once in a while, but when Cody is the one that has been advertised. How show attendance is up. That's your clear indicator. A number one. Are you putting asses in seats? Yes. And Cody is a guy that's doing it. And he's presented at the same star level. So, you know, the del- you know, it does seem like people are buying into the story, which is good. And I'm I think a lot more people are giving WWE the benefit of the doubt because they know that eventually they're gonna get the payoff. And I also know that eventually they're gonna get the payoff. Is yeah. it gonna be worth it? I don't think so. I mean, is it going to be worth it? Yes, it's going to be worth it. But is it going to be a greater moment than what they had at 39? I don't think so. But you know what? I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope so, too. Um, I think at this point, we will uh, we can take a quick break. Um, 
because I know Zoom's about to cut us off for just a minute. We'll go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will dive into the draft, see where Cody goes, see where Roman goes, and we'll go into it from there. Yep. Cool? All right, very good. We'll be back in a minute, boys. All right, and we are back. Thank you for bearing with us while we go through that gap, but we are uh, back in here to talk about the draft this time around. Uh, So right now, I think we want to, I think Eddie wanted to kick off some draft talk. Yes. So this is a question for everybody, but I want Joey to give us the first answer, of course. In the history of the WWE draft, who has been or what has been your favorite draft pick and why? I know my answer, but I'll let Joey go first. It's a real good question. It's a real good question. Uh, l- let me give me a second to to think on it. If Randy, you have yours ready Ooh. to ready to shoot, because I I I I need a second just to remember my history really quick. I can't tell you what year it was. I'll tell because... you what year it was. What I said, I'll tell you what year it was. You'll, you'll know what year it is because you're a freak like that. <laughs> Whatever year it was that Triple H got drafted to SmackDown as World Heavyweight. Two thousand four. The 2004 yeah. draft that was insane because I think evolution was still kind of a thing going on, they were fizzling out, but right. it was still a thing. And Triple H, and doesn't he get redrafted back to Raw before the night is he over? He gets signed back. I don't think he got re- no, he didn't get redrafted. The only person who's ever gotten redrafted was John Cena when he got and drafted to SmackDown mine. and back to Raw. Yeah, oh, that cut you. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. fine. We'll just we'll just pretend like you didn't say that. My favorite draft pick was the look on everyone's face when Triple H as world champion got drafted to SmackDown. That was my that favorite. That was almost as good as when The Undertaker got drafted. Favorite part about that was too. when he gets drafted, you can see Kane laughing in the background. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. great. Um, Joey, do you have an answer? Do we want to kick it to Zach? Uh, I cannot remember what year it was, but I'm going to say here's and here's the God's honest truth. I uh, my, my drop off from wrestling was during this draft era. Um, so my first okay. draft that I saw when I was a fan again was probably the 2016 draft. But when I went back and I rewatched and I got familiarized, I still think having seen a, that whatever year that he came out, number one um, with his spinner belt was probably my favorite. Oh, that was 2005 St. Louis. 2005 draft yes 2005 draft and that was in st louis he comes out in st louis Lindbergh jersey or whatever Uh, orange one yes yes that's the one spirit of st louis spirit of st louis jersey yeah which is crazy because i have no idea i can't believe i remembered that (laughs) yeah it was for Uh, the xfl team that they have now see again he's ahead of his head of his time yeah always ahead of his time um that's a good pick zach what about you go ahead so mine was uh same being John Cena, but it was the year that he got drafted to SmackDown and then back to Raw on the same night. That was really crazy. Yeah. I loved that actually. It uh, was just it was a funny thing because John Cena was always told to be the Raw guy. Yeah. And then well after he got drafted to Raw the first time, he's basically on Raw from the rest rest of the time. But yeah, the yeah. whole thing of thinking of him going back to SmackDown and then shock factor like nope sorry not actually happening yeah <laughs> right. crazy what about you eddie what's your favorite draft pick? um part of the same draft john cena with the spinner belt and the reason why is because it kind of finally got his career kicked off for main title stardom and that's rob van dam getting drafted to raw oh yeah uh, i that love started that whole ecw one night stand thing later yes. in that year right love 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 rob van dam and him finally getting even though it wasn't the coolest title reign he could have had but uh him getting the money in the bank and then getting the world title perfect yeah a wonderful time i don't know if you guys read an interview that uh kurt angle gave recently but he was talking about working with uh rvd i did and he's and he's like man this dude was always good but when he got really high he was even better I'm like, yes, yeah. that's what I want to hear. Which that's is exactly what, what you want to know about RVD in yeah. general. I want. I tell my the same thing to my airline pilots. I was like, I know we're already high, but if you get stoned, this will just we'll get yeah. there. <laughs> Crazy. All right. All right. Well, well, let's let's talk draft for a second for 2023. That's the year we're in, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So as, as we move forward with this draft. I know we've talked about in episodes past where we thought factions were going to go, where we thought individuals were going to go, but Eddie wasn't there. So no. Eddie, I, I want to know between you and Joey and Zach and I will chime in as we see fit, but I want to know 
what are some of your top picks for Raw and SmackDown at this point? Where do you think we're going? Uh, Joey, you can take the floor first if you'd like, because yeah, I have to think Joey, a little you can bit. go first if you want. If I'm being bold, I'm picking uh, my boy Gunter at numero uno for Raw for the Red Brand. I wow. think there's. I think we're switching. My, my big prediction is that we're switching uh, mid-card titles to different shows. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think you put Gunther on the Red Brand. Get him on the flagship show. Let people see him every too. Monday night. But you specifically say he's the first draft pick. I think he's number one. I think you got to go number one. I, I, I do agree bad. with that. I do very much agree with that. And does he get so, drafted as Imperium or as Gunther? The that's what I was going to ask. Uh, I say you draft Gunther as his own. Um, and then Imperium can come in a later draft round. Uh, you know what I mean? You can even do a storyline where Gunther told Adam Pierce, like, if they don't come to Raw, like, I will straight up knife edge chop you in the ween. And then, yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which is a very valid threat. I think yeah. anyone would do anything that Gunther wants. Oh, it's wants torturous. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. I think for me, I completely agree. Gunther number one. Uh, if I'm looking at SmackDown and SmackDown being on FX, you want to put the big stars on FX. I think realistically, Cody does need to go to SmackDown to put those big stars on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And I like I, it. I, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, I thought Seth Rollins should be the third pick because I thought that made the most sense. But him going to Raw and not the big show, that just doesn't make sense. So I'm kind of stuck in between who that third pick should be. Well, let me let me posit you this scenario for a second. Okay. Because, because there's someone that I have in mind that I think played that exact role for SmackDown when SmackDown was the B show during his time. No, I'm not doing a Nia Jax bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing a Nia Jax bit right now. Um, If you really think about it, that's the role that edge played. Edge was this superstar large in the life, great world champion. Obviously everyone knew he was going to be hall of famer, but he never, especially during his twilight, like his like the Vicky Guerrero time basically after 2006 he did not spend a ton of time on raw at all he was ba- he was him and undertaker carried smackdown well for you know a really my favorite part time. about that was about hit about his runs more than anything is that when we had split titles yeah he was on raw he was going for the WWE championship on smackdown it was like this is world heavyweight championship edge and there was almost like a complete two different sides to it. Yeah, right. and most of the time he was on SmackDown with the World Heavyweight Championship. I think Seth Rollins could do that same thing for Raw. I think he could be the the guy who's always in the main event, the guy who always represents, but is like the lead, almost the leader, if you will, of the B-Show. Especially uh-huh. with how long Rollins is, I mean, Monday Night Rollins. Like, that's his thing. Uh-huh. So, like, uh-huh. keeping Rollins on Raw, to me actually makes sense and puts him in that same spot that edge had all those years ago with smackdown i so agree um yeah i I, like it i really like it also think becky lynch will be a high pick i i think she'll be top five honestly uh Do do you think she's the first women's pick i do think so i absolutely think so i just think with the track record she has and kind of what she's done uh, I do think whatever show Rollins is on, she will be on as well at the same time. Though. Keep them together. I feel that like because sense. Rhea's established as Raw, they're going to waste the first pick as, uh, as her moving. I would, yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. They'll probably draft the Raw and SmackDown women's champions first. So I'll addendum my question to, is Becky Lynch the first non-champion? Yes. Pick? yes. Yeah. And, and yes. Um, the big question that I have for everyone, and I want to start with Joey, is does Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get drafted to the same show? Well, I always go to what's more interesting. What's more interesting? Probably split them up. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I just don't know. The, the thing is, is that I, I love them as a tag team. I do. I do too. But I want to see, I mean, they're singles guys. You know, I want to see, you know, KO and Gunther. I want to see Sammy and, uh, you know, Theory. Like, I want to see these guys fight for those solo titles. Like, they got their big moment. They got their tag title run. Uh, do they want to keep competing as a tag team? Like, it, I, I, I'm going to be happy either way. But I think yeah. the more interesting thing is to split them up. And if you split them up, um, I think you put 
you keep Sammy on SmackDown um, because, or you put him to SmackDown um, because then if that's where Cody is, they can pick up with some of that, yep. you know, pre-mania heat that was building between the two of them. And then I you agree. have, K- and then you have KO and he either goes back to being a fantastic heel or continues being a lovable babyface on raw. What about you guys? What do you think? Uh, KO versus Gunther would be such a banner. I want to point yeah. that out too. I'm actually, I now I do hope they get split up yeah. because of that. What about you, Zach? My attached question to that, because we talked about this when we talked about the draft before, is that would the split result in them losing the title? So, I mean, we think about it as the Saudi thing, is that might be why they lose it for the time being. But our general consensus of it was that it would be cool because they would have kind of like separate lives outside of being the tag team because they're the undisputed tag team champions but they get to be the singles guys without being on the same show too so they'll have their tag team matches but they'll have their singles too i have two things the first is i understand why everyone is saying that kevin owens and Sami Zayn will lose the titles before the saudi show the the thing that i want the the idea that i'm bringing forth based off of current WWE booking is that they could do literally what they just did with Becky Lita and Trish and have Matt Riddle step in for Sami Zayn and defend those tag belts, except they successfully defend Mm -hmm. against the Usos. That way they don't have to drop those tag titles. There's also like, sorry, not to interrupt you. There's no like guarantee that they'll have a tag title match in Saudi Arabia. Like exactly. They could easily win on Friday and then they just don't go on that show. Um, Yeah. They could do something like that. Yeah. Um, So that, that's my first thing. My second thing is the reason why I want them to get split up on separate shows is I want them to get split up on separate shows but while still the tag team champions. And then the storyline becomes, we are only able to stick together for as long as we can defend these titles. Mm-hmm. So that's our motivation to continue to defend these titles. And that's what would even give them the clearance and the, and the, and the green light to have a pretty lengthy title run, honestly, because they're fighting literally for their ability to stay together because they know that their tag team once they get split up in this draft, their tag team has a timer on it. And it's just them trying to extend that timer as long as they can. And that could take them all the way to like SummerSlam or Survivor Series if they really wanted to. In fact, if you kept it till Survivor Series and they did a Raw versus SmackDown type Survivor Series thing, instead of having the Raw tag team champions versus the SmackDown champion, tag team champions, you make Sammy versus Kevin. Oh boy, Randy! Fight each other as the tag champions. That is, as they say uh, in my home country of Italy, a spicy meet the bell, because that yeah. is wonderful. Like that, that, that is perfectly legitimate. Makes sense. Long-term booking storytelling that is going to be very interesting to watch on a weekly basis. Yeah, and to and to to like, and that's the skeleton to see the meat and potatoes kind of attached to that o- over the next six months. Like that is what's going to be really intriguing to me. Granted, I don't necessarily currently trust WWE to book that well. Um, not to say that I'm like this master booker or that I'm a wrestling genius. I am, but that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I think that it probably won't be that cool, but that's my fantasy booking. That's what I want to see. I want to see them get drafted separately, kind of go through that. And then realistically, depending on how that survivor series match goes, that's the crack that kind of starts. Well, do we even want to stay together? Cause you kind of punched me hard or something. Right. I also um, like the idea of them having a match against each other where it's like purely competitive yeah, and like they right. have a nice hug at the end of it. Yeah. You know, because they, they're the tag champions and there's no one for them to fight because they're both champions. Right. 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 No, no, I love that. But, but I, yeah, but I also like, I like the idea that there, there's been so many K- KO and Sammy matches throughout the years, throughout multiple promotions. Um, but I don't really remember any that was just like, Hey, like we're booked to face each other. It's always like, Oh, I hate you. And I'm going to burn your house down. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my question then and I'll have Joey start for this is the talks of what the why is Triple H saying that this is going to be a game changing draft? And they're already speculating that there's going to be 
surprises with this draft too but we always think that for any draft that comes up and it turns out to be pretty lackluster so my question is do we get some form of swerve where there's another belt introduced do the universe or do the undisputed tag belts get split or what do we what do we see coming from that side of things from a championship he's got something good i can already tell randy's got it's a it's a it's a great question um i am gonna say that i have never gotten my hopes up too high anytime a pro wrestling company says this is going to be a game changer because and that's not just a wwe thing trust me it happens everywhere else yeah Um, but uh so what i'm assuming is that i think that in in trips mind he's going to finally have solidified rosters for each brand that's going to make booking for him much, much cleaner and easier in the long run. I'm not expecting like a game changer type show. Uh, If I get one, that would be great. I just think like, you know, we're going to finally have a lineup of like, we have Rollins and McIntyre and, and Gunther um, and like all these heavy hitters on one show. And then you have the other show that's going to have all these different kinds of heavy hitters. That's going to be, uh, more interesting for people to watch because maybe more unique, maybe more matchups, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm hoping we can get like an edge and Shinsuke matchup at some point. Cause man, those two guys have never been in the ring together and that would be a lot of fun. Like things like that, yeah. and the nature of, we're going to have two solidified rosters and it's going to be, these are their brands. We're not messing with the, you know, whatever rules have been going on since the last draft where there was a draft. The wild card rule. I mean, there, I haven't considered them two separate brands for years. You know what I mean? Right. I like, I kind of like seeing the same people all the time, but if you're going to do it, do it the right way then. Do you it hard. I mean? Do it hard. Do, yeah. do it hard. Commit, yeah. commit to the thing. So that's what I think. Uh, but what mm-hmm. about you guys? I was kind of thinking about it. And also rebuttal question for you, Joey. Uh, because if we do have these cleaner types of rosters, do you want to see everything go back to SmackDown pay-per-views, Raw pay-per-views? I also kind of want to get your take on that. No, I like when they do. I mean, you could do the pay-per-view where you have, um, you know, you have uh, guys on both shows, uh, you know, and if you want to do the same thing you do where you trade in and out with commentary teams, you can do that also. I think um, that was the best version. Yeah, of that. I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to s- cram in an extra uh, PLE every month. I think that's just going to make for lazy booking and harder booking. Um, you know, I, I'm I, be- because I wasn't going to say that I'm more of an AEW guy. I'm like a big guy for put really big matches on TV, put even bigger matches on your pay per views. But WWE's got a 12 pay per view system, so you know, just use that to your advantage. Definitely. Yeah. Well, more. I guess in my perfect scenario, it would it would go back to that Raw and SmackDown scenario, but it would be still only one pay-per-view a month, but that gives you months of build for each show, basically. So you would get the Raw Smack or say SmackDown was Backlash, and then we had Money in the Bank be, some, be a split pay-per-view, and then you go back to a Raw pay-per-view, and then SummerSlam's a... Uh, split pay-per-view again just like the big four being the merged ones and then mm-hmm. you have your uh individualized pay-per-views after that i don't know if i agree because i'm kind of with uh i am with joey on this in terms of like lazy booking like you can only stretch a storyline out so much and like if you're gonna have a build for a wwe title match and i think we kind of got a lot of this in like that 2004 2005 era where it's like not a raw pay-per-view happening let's say go building into a smackdown but we're seeing triple h and randy orton battle it out yeah. it's like wow they are milking this yeah yeah that too because the other side of it is that they're really pushing that this is where triple h finally takes full control so it makes me wonder what i understand i understand randy but i i hope is that this is where the outshining of what the creative process was meant to be since he's taken over. Yeah. I think at this point, I, I think that when he says it's a game changer, he doesn't mean on screen. I think it means behind the scenes. So I, I think that with this, I think the pay-per-view structure doesn't need to be raw and SmackDown different but they can be raw and SmackDown centric. Right. Like there can be like, you could have one pay-per-view where the main event is 
Bianca Belair with the Raw title, and then the next pay per view could be the main event is Rhea Ripley with the SmackDown title. Like you could go that route because mm-hmm. Roman Reigns at this point is not going to be at every pay per view. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a game. Yeah. Well, one thing that um, I always loved about Trips's booking from NXT, like one of the reasons that I loved NXT going up to the takeovers, is in prep for the takeover, the final tv episode of nxt was still like some feud ending matches you know what i mean like they they still had things that they built up to a point where you're kind of getting a lot of the talent that wasn't on that takeover card are going to then get featured on that television before um so like you could still you know so i'm hoping that that's sort of a thing that can get incorporated where if you're not making it onto the card you know, I think they did this a little bit in builds to WrestleMania. Like they, you know, they had the battle royal, but they had some matches, um, some singles matches that like yeah. obviously couldn't make the mania card. Perfect. Put it on, give it that TV time that it has a chance to. Um, yeah. and, and I think if you do this thing, if you do the th- the pay-per-view idea where it's just brand specific pay-per-view, it's going to be hard because then you're going to force things on there that probably aren't ready for that spot or you're forcing it yeah. on there just to have filler. And like, I don't think you, right, I don't right. think they're at a point now where you just want to have filler. Like you, you need to be putting on the best potential card every single time you can, because you have the talent to do it. Especially now. Right. Like, like there, this is probably the most in depth we've seen the roster in a very long time counterpoint now because at least from what i've seen endeavor does want people to be released i don't know if that's like completely true or not. Uh, but yeah was... they are talking about budget cuts and trimmings and all that stuff yeah they they oh well nick Khan said numbered 50 million yeah i saw that so i so, i mean there's probably going to be some edges cut off like i mean from the people who you haven't seen in a while they're probably going to be gone and it's probably going mean, to be who's left that's been working, left to work and bring this next you know, generation of WWE up. I hate to say it, but I I think that there is some fat to trim around Raw and SmackDown, but most of that has to come from NXT, right? Like, the, like I guarantee if someone goes to the NXT books and rosters and looks at, you know, progress and TV time, like... That's probably where they could find not most, but a lot of that money. They'll probably cut a lot of the performance center, like people who aren't necessarily gonna make it to the side of it, because yeah. they have they have that open for a lot. So like people make it through a tryout, and then they'll have a performance contract. That's just wasted money from WWE if they're never gonna get somewhere. So. Yeah, like like they'll probably I don't want to say get full blown audited, but Endeavor is going to send someone to go look at NXT, and I'm very afraid of what that's going to look like for NXT. Granted, I've been saying it for weeks now. I think NXT needs to get off TV and go back to streaming. I think I think they could save a lot of money by just not having NXT on USA. Well, I mean yeah. that might be something that comes up with the TV rights deals, especially with. NBC not being in the picture anymore and potentially going back to the pay-per-view structure of buying pay-per-view. Like mm-hmm. this might be yeah. a couple year down the line thing, but with where the next homes for Raw and SmackDown are going to be, we might not see NXT as part of that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have a big question in regards to that. And Joey, I'm really putting you on the spot right now. Yeah. Who give it to me, daddy. One big or one big name NXT SmackDown or Raw that you feel would get cut and why? One big name from NXT that would get cut? Yeah, definitely. Or anything WWE. Anything I have one specifically. But... Oh, uh, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray Wyatt would be Bray the Wyatt. first one. It's 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 super 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 unfortunate, but it's a a le- a lesson that as wonderfully unique and absolutely creative this person is they are no longer catering to a pro wrestler they are catering to a performance artist and that's fine i'm a big performance artist myself but eventually the thing that works so well with cape fear bray is that he wrestled matches um i don't know what they're paying him when they brought him back but i don't think that it's gonna be 
people are going to accept that this guy is getting a great deal of money and he's barely on TV. Right. Yeah. The return on investment there has to be awful at this point. It's just, it's, but it's frustrating Maybe, because like, cause I, his merch I, sales are probably crazy. I'll, I'll take sure that back. Merch, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I, I don't even, but they're, they're not, what they're not fiend 2019 numbers i know that Definitely and they're not, not they're not, they're not they're not they're not wyatt family numbers um those numbers belong to the bloodline and cody Rhodes, uh in terms of merch um and i guess i just want to ask the question to all of you guys like listen i've always been a big bray wyatt supporter but can do we see a future for this guy who is very very difficult to book around due to the limitations of his creativity I, I'm going to kind of look at it more on the injury perspective because if that guy was on TV or like we would have had a Lashley versus Brett and that probably would have been really good but I'm kind of looking in terms of like he's such an awesome piece to use and it's kind of the same with like when Samoa Joe was in the WWE like he's such an awesome piece to use and you can do so much with him but he's so injury prone like we can't put him on TV for something good and just something to really get him over the top, which is why they ended up releasing him. And I feel like in that case, if he keeps getting injured and with these cuts coming up, he probably would be one of the first people on the chopping block. And that probably would save a ton of money because I feel like he's getting paid a fair amount. What about you, Zach? What do you think? The big Cause you're, I'm actually really interested in what you see. Cause you're the biggest Bray Wyatt fan. I know. Yeah. Because I'm probably the most disappointed person too, because I was super excited. I was almost at tears with his. Yeah. At extreme. And the overwhelming part of it all is that we know, or we get told that his, you know, hiatus is due to a physical issue, but then he gets seen around WrestleMania in all these places and he looks fine. Yeah, very much well. It could be an under lying issue that you don't see from the outside but my big thing is that they whether it's a vince thing whether it's a triple h thing whether it's no one understanding what he wants whether it's him booking himself into a corner whatever happened between his magic return and now just completely went off the rails la night was already a weird feud but we got through it, and then it looked like something was coming out of that. Yeah. And now we were going to either get Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar for what this character was going to be. It wouldn't have made sense. But again, no one who versus Bray is meant to look good out of it, unfortunately. And Brock and said what no. It came to. Right. Yeah. Clearly. And... That's the unfortunate part is that the story is amazing. Alexa liked being working with Bray. Bray's mind is magic, but it just doesn't work anymore because just as Randy has said now is that this the supernatural gimmicks just don't work anymore. They, he's the, he's 30 years too far ahead of him or 30 years behind. He he he's too late. It, everything that he like picture a 1993 Undertaker just getting dropped in to WWE right now. It's that's essentially what it was. I mean, granted the 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 specifics of the character Dead Man versus Supernatural. Here's my six ghostly friends. Like that part is different, but essentially the same part of if you take this overtly supernatural character and drop it into a modern wrestling or wwe it just does not fit it's it's Mm. not that type of show anymore and so that's bray wyatt seems to be it seems to be coming to light that bray wyatt is the kind of person that is if this can't be done the way he sees it or wants it to be done he's not going to do it and unfortunately even the mountain dew pitch black match was a stretch it is almost impossible to do this the way that he wants to do it in a WWE situation. I'm going to disagree on one aspect, and that's that it can't still happen or that it, there's no place for it now. I do think that there's a place for some of this supernatural funisms because, like The Undertaker, it's become a staple in the industry um, yeah. when it's done well. 
the Wyatt family was a perfect example of it being done well. There was super yeah. there was supernaturalism, but it was built around the context of a wrestling show and having wrestling matches and wanting to win wrestling championships. Um, yeah. I think House of Black and AEW is killing this aspect. There's a supernatural element to it, but they're there to wrestle matches. They're there to win yeah. titles. They're there to have stories. It's not this um, this other type of world where you're fighting in demons and somehow people just get in the way of your story. And that's my yeah. main is that's that what Bray's seem, trying to do at this point. It doesn't it doesn't seem it didn't seem like Bray Wyatt was feuding with LA Knight. It seemed like Bray Wyatt was telling a story and LA Knight just kind of got thrown into the mix. Yeah. Um and again, well, I I agree with what Zach said. His mind is brilliant. He's a fantastic storyteller. But in the context of a pro wrestling show, it, it that's what's not working. And it's a shame because I thought Bray Wyatt was always a good worker. He's always a great knew, worker. He knows how to he knows, you know what I mean? Like a guy his size, he moves, he moves well. He's got an amazing finisher. Um, he knows how to work power games, he knows how to work as a babyface. Like it's it just it's it's becoming overcomplicated. And I think it could be so much easier. Not that he has to revert backwards, but you have to get back to there. I'm Bray Wyatt, I'm a wrestler, I'm here to uh win championships, and I'm able to you know, channel the supernaturalism, which Undertaker did too. Because if Undertaker yeah. only cared about that, he wouldn't have been champion as many times as he was. Right. Well, that that's the sad part to it. So the sad part to it is that when he came back, the storytelling that he was giving off was like, here's the real me again. And it looked like he was going to get to a, probably another supernatural character at some point, but it was like, I'm fighting myself type thing. But I was I was all for Bray Wyatt having a internal feud with himself that made him a, like a menace towards everyone else, but not bringing in Uncle Howdy and all these other characters that we're planning to bring in. Now, if this Wyatt Six thing ever came to fruition, whether it was again booking issues on his side, booking issues, or if it was never the plan in general. If it was, if he came back with all these promos and it led to him just going absolutely nuts, it was just Bray Wyatt against himself and everyone else was at fault for it, then I would have been a lot happier with it. Yeah. The one thing that just popped into my mind when you said that was Al Snow throwing himself through a table. Oh, yeah. That's a great moment. Al Snow versus himself. <laughs> peak wrestling, oh. right there. Not even peak wrestling. Peak cinema is what that was. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was art. Peak art, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, well, any other last minute predictions at this point for the draft before we wrap up? I mean, nothing too crazy. Call ups wise, I, I think it'd be kind of dumb not to bring Braun Breaker up. If he's going to be done with this heel feud by the time it's all said and done. I think he doesn't need. To, I, I think this should just be build up for him to go to the main roster because it's not it doesn't sound like he's going to. Ha well, he actually is fighting Andre Chase at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see where else you could go with that. Like, just leave it at that. You're not going to fight Carmelo Hayes again. Bring him up. Him, him and Cora Jade are the only two that I see right now that I could see getting called up. And Cora Jade's a stretch. I just think. That's He's just in the title feud right like now. It. There's one other person, and you guys may not know as much about it, but I think she's very good, and that would be Zoe Stark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. totally think she's ready. She's abs, and she was in there longer than Roxanne Perez was. So yeah. I'm like, I totally think she'd be ready for something up there. Give her a little bit more of her own, give her a personality, and she's yeah. up. She can go uh, far. Well, we I can would... see her. Go ahead, Joey. What do you think? Oh, oh I was just going to say, I think that there's someone on the NXT roster who I think is ready for the main roster. I just don't think it would make sense to call them up now because I don't know where you put them. Uh, I think Grayson Waller is ready. I think you put him up yes. there. I, I think the guy could talk. I think he's got enough charisma, enough attitude. The problem is, sure. is that uh, I, I don't know where he falls into the mix at the moment. So, you know, probably keep him in NXT for a little that bit. That would long. be a mistimed call up where he just gets lost in an early mid card. I don't shuffle. think so. Yeah, I mean I you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to pair him with someone. I mean this dude's kind kinda got like the Aussie uh theory mjf you know like I yeah. I, I I could talk That's exactly talk what in my, I was about to I don't, say I, yeah, yeah I don't need I don't need to have um a, a bunch of writers you just put me in the ring with a microphone and I'll you know and I'll I'll tear him yeah. down. Um but you know, do they have room for that right now? I mean, maybe, yeah. 
maybe, maybe if they, if they, if they give them the shot, but I, I, yeah. so that's who's someone who I think should get called up, but probably won't. But other than that, I don't think I have any other yeah. wild predictions. What about Eddie? Last thoughts? I'd wait till AJ Styles gets healthy. Continue that feud. Honestly, between Grayson oh, and AJ. Grayson and AJ. Yeah. That would be good. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if AJ comes back in time, they could call him back and, and reignite that. But um, awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up everything for this episode. Joey, thank you so much for. Thank you, boys. This was yeah. such a pleasure. I mean, all three of you, so handsome. And to bring oh me on, it's Look truly, truly Gorgeous. a gem of a time I had. So thank you so much. My favorite wrestling podcast out there. Well, thank Back you. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, take us through some of your upcoming projects. What do you What do you got? What do you want to talk about? What do you want the people to know about? Well, listen, this is a wrestling uh, pod. So I, I write for a website called Wrestling Headlines. And you could find all of the exclusive interviews I've done on WrestlingHeadlines.com or the Wrestling Headlines YouTube. Uh, you could see me have chats with uh the likes of uh ken shamrock brandy rhodes uh bobby fish um pj black uh matt cardona all, all nick all this all these guys in the industry that are making waves uh so you can check that out at the wrestling headlines youtube and i got an interviews coming up with the creators and developers of wrestle quest new rpg video game uh as well as ddp and jeff jarrett so all that can be found at wrestlingheadlines.com uh in the hey, meantime thanks. Please continue to subscribe to this podcast. It's the best wrestling podcast out there with the three best hosts that you could have. Well, thank you so much, Joey. Like I said, we really appreciate your time. Zach and Eddie, any other last thoughts before we jump out of here? You can take us through socials. I'm blanking. Take, take us through the socials. <laughs> uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are on Spotify and Apple podcast now it's not there's not a third one anymore so it's just those two but of course keep continuing to uh support the podcast support mr joey as well on his journey and see you guys in the next episode awesome well we've been randy zach and eddie joey this is absolutely beautiful stud thank you best guest ever and we uh we'll see you soon guys thanks